welcome everybody to our September edition of Behind the Lines. It's hard to believe that it's actually what the second day of fall. Yeah, man, I don't know if the leaves are changing because they're dying of drought or we're having <laughs> an early fall, but it's it's been dry at my house. It has been dry. Hopefully, we'll get some rain this week. Uh, but you know, fall is here. The temperatures have been a little cooler, so that's been nice. Yes, very nice. Maybe we'll get a a decent fall this year, like we had a spring. Yes, but. We're going to be real busy this fall, regardless of what the weather's like, uh, because we've got our broadband project going. Amen. Amen. As you know, we've studied this for over a year now, John. I think we studied it to death. Of course, of course, you know my nature. I probably overanalyze things sometimes, and as a group, we did that. I definitely think we did our due diligence. Uh, remember, we went to multiple co-ops, uh, went to multiple training classes, uh, and ultimately, the decision has been made for us to get into broadband. Um Remember, the state kind of uh, expedited our schedule a little bit when they offered $65 million in grants to get people started or co-ops started in broadband. And with that move, 15 co-ops in the state of the 25 are moving forward. And uh, you may talk about it a little bit, but we received over $6 million in grants from the state of Mississippi. So kudos to the legislature for supporting us in this endeavor. That's right. And so today we're going to talk about the actual areas that, that will be affected. And as you can see with, with this map that, that's up now, if you're, if you're watching this, uh, we've got three areas highlighted. Uh, they are not there. We call this the blob map because there's no details on it. Now, yeah. the important thing to remember is not everybody in those green areas are going to be served. Very important. There's pockets within those areas that the FCC and the state viewed may have already had service. So some pockets within that blob map won't qualify for this. So more to come, but this is a generic view because John, I know you're getting a lot of questions on where are you going to start? Am I going to get it? So this will give everybody a general view of, of where we're moving. That's right. And we're looking at about 2,400 people total in those three areas. But we, the point is we have to start somewhere. Right. And this was a great way to start. Uh, these have these areas have been ascertained as uh, either underserved or unserved. I know there's a lot of other places out there that are also could be considered that way. Yes, but we couldn't start everywhere at once, right? That's right. So, so these are the places that that we ultimately ended up starting. But the, the good part of this is, look, be patient because we'll start this, and our ultimate goal is to build out to everybody. Yes. Should, should all all things yes, work? More out. good news to come, right? That's right. That's right. So excited! Uh, you can see the areas that we're going to be starting in, and of course we will be. So we're there are about 2,400 homes and businesses will be affected in these areas, and we will be communicating directly with those folks as soon as we get the details squared away with the pricing and the packages that we're going to have to offer and who exactly qualifies. And so be patient because we will be contacting folks because we need them to take the service. So we're not going to be hiding our light under a bushel on this. That's right. We'll be telling everybody who is eligible. We'll, we'll be knocking on your door. We'll be sending you stuff. We'll be, you know, hat, hat in hand asking you to sign up with us. So, yes. Uh, we're excited about that. Now, the next part of that is what we're going to call this. And so we've yeah. been working very so, hard. Well, kudos to John. John's a creative mind here. I don't have that creative gene like John does. So, John, you did a great job picking a name. John, tell them what the name is. Fastnet. So we're going with Fastnet because we believe that sort of captures the enthusiasm that we have, the product that we're bringing, uh, and the fact that it is going to cast a net over everyone in our service territory yes. at some point and get them connected and get them connected reliably affordably and with the fastest service possible. Yes, and we want everybody to, to realize too, I, I pride Fort County in its great customer service, 
we're going to carry that over into this uh, this other company. So I hope you associate the same level of customer service with Fastnet. That's right. We that is that is the thing that's going to set us apart because at the end of the day, internet is internet. It's going to be as fast as it's going to be, and everybody can bring you maybe a gig or half a gig or whatever that is. Yeah. But they can't bring it to you with the type of customer service that we can. Amen. The reliability, uh, you know, the 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 trust that you have in us, and that's what, as Brian said, that's going to be a, a something that we're going to be very serious about. We're going to make sure that obviously that our electric side continues to maintain the quality, service, and trust that we've you know engendered yeah. over the last eighty years. And we're going to bring that level of commitment to the broadband side. I guess I would I would reiterate, just be patient with us. We've got to start somewhere. You, you may be the first set of people that get it, and you may not. Just more good news to come. Just let us know where you're at on it. Let us know if you're interested in it, and we'll keep a record of that. That's right. And so as soon as, you know, it's going to be getting close to you, we'll be letting you know and, and getting you signed up. And, and, and so we'll be having the yep. same conversation for the next, for the foreseeable future. Yes, uh, so let's talk a little bit about the timeline, Brian. What are we looking at in terms of next steps with the uh, pilot projects? Sure. So uh, part of the grant money that we pitched to the state was we would pass approximately 2,400 homes. We're going to start in the three areas that the people could see on the map. Uh, just shy of 500 miles of line. Um, I'm thinking we'll start construction in October at some point, and we'll be hooking – a few hundred people up by the end of the year. That's that is so cool. Yeah, and so fast. And I mean, a lot faster than I thought, really. Uh, so we that's it's really going to be transformational uh, to our area. We're very excited to be involved, and of course, we'll be updating you here on the the podcast every month. Uh, you know, as things happen, we'll be putting out press releases. We'll be on the media, and you can always give us a call at our eight hundred number. You can email us at broadband at fourcounty.org. That's right. Uh, and we'll be happy to answer any questions that you have. And like Brian said, if you're interested, and even if it's you're not going to be affected for a while, we'll put you on a list and make sure that we let you know what's happening and when. Yeah. Uh, like I said earlier, I don't know if y'all heard me yesterday, but 2020 has been a year like none other. And it's nice to know that at Four County, we're, we're doing great things amidst all the negative stuff you hear in the media. That's right. And and so, and well, that, that's a good point. So talking about COVID a little bit, we've managed again to to stay healthy. For the most part, we've had a few isolated cases. Um, we've done a really nice job keeping everybody healthy yes. until now. Has not impacted service at all. Uh, we, you know, we're taking our precautions. You see, Brian's, we've got our yeah. mask. We're practicing our social distancing right now so we're, we're we're trying to maintain that throughout the uh uh buildings uh and throughout the working conditions uh, we're going to keep the masks in effect here uh yeah i may just, keep mine permanent so you won't have to stare at me <laughs> but so covid's going well right now for us and seems to be trending down a little bit yeah. across our service territory so you know praying for those who've been affected praying for everybody else as we move forward trying to to you know get through all this yes. and maybe one day we can stop talking about what a crazy year this is i'm ready for covid to be gone i'm ready for a lot of things to be gone in 2020 yeah. and looking forward to all the positive uh let's take a quick break uh when we come back we've actually uh sat down earlier uh this week with uh, a couple of our journeyman linemen crew leaders who uh headed up restoration efforts in hurricane laura yes so we'll hear from them when we get back and uh it's good stuff. Yeah. Proud of them. Yep, they did a great job. All right. 
Our members overwhelmingly say that Four County Electric Power is a name they can always trust. That trust isn't something you can buy. It has to be earned with respect, dependability, sincerity, honesty, integrity, and service. We say thank you to the men and women of Four County who earn our members' trust each and every day. We are proud of them and proud to serve our member owners. Welcome back, everybody, to Behind the Lines. We're joined now with a couple of our crew leaders, journeyman lineman Tim Atkins and Glenn Ledbetter, and they led a couple of crews down to Beauregard Electric Cooperative outside of Lake Charles, Louisiana, uh, in the last couple of weeks to help with uh, restoration from Hurricane Laura. And we're going to talk a little bit about uh, what, what it was like down there and, and, and what you guys saw. So, yeah, so first of all, welcome. Appreciate what y'all do. Uh, Brian, you want to yeah. say anything? Uh, I, I can't say enough how much uh, I appreciate y'all going, how hard it is for y'all. People don't realize how hard it is to leave your family. And sometimes your kids don't understand why you're leaving to go help other people. But I appreciate the work you do. And, and I hope you're caught up on your sleep by now. I hope your oh, kids yeah. are glad to see you. And uh, sorry you missed the beginning of dove season. So. Yes, we did. Yeah. Thank y'all for having us. What, was yes, anybody sir. hunting down there while y'all were putting stuff back up? Did you hear any shotguns? No. Bunch of saws. <laughs> yeah, bunch of chainsaws, yeah. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about what it was like down there. What What did you see? What were your first impressions when you got there? Uh, as we was driving in, it was a bunch of trees down. I was like, boy, we're going to be here a while. And it's pretty bad. Yeah, kind of the same. Just it was a lot of devastation, you know, lots of trees blown over, um, you know, a lot of pine trees. They break off. 10 12 foot high i mean just break and as far as you can see in a pine thicket just be broke trees down lines you know stuff like that i would like to think the rest of america is like the south i think one of you made a comment that uh the people there that were, were affected by this storm they didn't have power they had damaged their property talk a little bit about how kind <laughs> they were to you and what your in impression was of those people so everybody down there we've we've been on several storms and usually people are very kind they're grateful to see somebody coming in to help uh the people in that parish were exceptional we've had people make us lunch and i'm i'm not talking about like ham sandwiches i'm talking like steaks chicken they throwed it out there for us just because they were grateful to be able to help do something themselves yeah uh, you know everybody riding by thanking us you know so that area was very very kind to us yeah some some folks probably didn't have much and they were trying to give us fruit you know just to help and, yeah. and you kind of feel bad to take some of that stuff yeah but they, they were real nice yeah and it's especially tough because i, I think that there are 40 something thousand meters <clears throat> in, under uh, beauregard and all of them were out after the storm and only now about half of them it's about three weeks plus into right. restoration still half of those folks without power so that's got to be miserable this time of year down there and yet those folks were still just happy to see you uh, and understanding that we were there to, right. to, to to help them out so um and that's one of the good things about co-ops is that you guys have been to several places in your careers right to, to help with storm and it's pretty much been the same reception everywhere you go mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. yeah it is. So, um, 
So one of the unique things, I guess, about this one, or as, as we were talking earlier, uh, you guys had said that, that really since Katrina, uh, storm response has gotten a lot more uh, professional, let's say, uh, understanding what the needs are when you're bringing in, you know, thousands of extra uh, folks to help put power back. Tent cities, they had several tent cities set up in Beauregard. Uh, what was that like for you guys? It's pretty amazing how they put all that stuff together. You know, the sleeping conditions wasn't the best like you were at home, but it's really amazing how they put all that together to accommodate so many people. Well, describe what the, the place was like that you, what was there in the, the place where y'all were staying? Uh, you had one tent ahead where they served your lunch or your breakfast, supper and all that. And then, then they had other tents where different people sleep. I think they had like three different tents was full of cots and this and that and then you had your bathroom awesome bathrooms on the left and then showers and you just had to wait your turn to use all those was it hundreds of cots under one tent yeah it was. so a lot of snoring going on <laughs> yeah well yeah i guess there was a lot of snoring the snorers don't know they snore <laughs> <laughs> so uh it's just to put into perspective kind of like what glenn was talking about uh if you can just imagine a huge tent with just rows of cots and rows of grown men, that was the sleeping <laughs> arrangements. So, you know, better than sleeping out in your truck or in the cold. And they would pump in these big old, I guess they were just portable air conditioner units and them suckers would blow. Yeah, I mean, huge. the first night we made a mistake by sleeping under one. <laughs> so we had to move, but uh, yeah. you know, it, it's completely enclosed. Uh, the showers are 18 wheeler trucks that they've made showers you know stalls out of uh same thing with uh the bathrooms uh so like glenn said it's actually pretty impressive the you know what they've come up with for you know mobile units like that and all this is after a 12 or 16 hour day of climbing poles and putting up wire right right you know those cots don't sleep too bad after <laughs> yeah. after right. days like that uh, and, and to your point, Brian, 16-hour days, but some of the conditions, we've seen pictures of the insects and the, the wet on the ground, and as you guys were describing, the, the broke uh, trees and everything else. What were the conditions like? Well, it's, it's kind of like uh, I didn't know what to expect going to Louisiana, but we've been on several storms, so I always thought Louisiana was just about ready to sink already. It's pretty low. You know, there's a lot of uh, water everywhere. Some mosquitoes, they're bigger than our mosquitoes. Oh, yeah. Believe it or not, Mississippi doesn't have the biggest mosquitoes. Uh, <laughs> love bugs, they would just surround you, follow you around. Uh, it was pretty hot, humid while we were there. Uh, so just, you know, the working conditions were, you know, they weren't the greatest, you know, but that's pretty much what i thought about the conditions yeah about the same this hot and bugs <laughs> long days yeah it was but you guys are willing to do this uh you know we never lack for guys that, that want to go down what is it about that call to duty that that makes you guys want to do that just help somebody that's the main thing yeah i think we've got a lot of good guys here you know a lot of it's kind of the co-op way anyway you know we do enjoy helping each other Amen. Uh, it is a calling and we like you know just helping other people out it's 
if we ever have a storm, we hope we get the same in return, you know, people that are fired up to come help our members. Yeah. I've always seen that be the case. You know, uh, Katrina happened right before I came here. Straight line winds in 01 right before I came here. So I hope we can make it decades without having to call in mass support for events like that. But um, as hard as it is, I'd much rather send y'all guys than receive them. But our time will come at some point. We will need help from others. So thank y'all for going and doing what you do and, yes, and leaving your families and going to serve other people that you don't even know. I appreciate it. Yeah. The members appreciate it. Yes, we get a lot of, of response from our folks who are very happy and, and proud that, that, that our guys are willing to go down there and do that because it is difficult. You are away from your families for an extended amount of time. And let's not kid ourselves. It's dangerous. You're working in another uh, co-ops area. They have a different way of doing things. They have a different, you know, style. Uh, and so you guys have to kind of learn that on the fly and be as safe as you possibly can under the most trying of of circumstances so right. um you know we're we're always worried when you guys go and always happy to see you back we got another crew another couple of crews yeah. that are down in uh florida yep 13 guys left yesterday morning yep escambia river uh, electric cooperative which is north of pensacola kind of right there on the the florida uh alabama border uh, and they'll be down there probably a week or so yeah. and again that's wet a lot of trees down you know, dangerous conditions and, and trying to get those folks back on. So hopefully we'll have them back safe by the time we hit air with this. Yes. Uh, but appreciate everything that you guys do. Thank you all so much. Thank you. Absolutely. All right. And take a break and we'll come back and talk uh, electric cars. So, all right. Thanks, guys. Did you know that trees and tree branches are one of the leading causes of power outages? That's why Four County's right-of-way program is hard at work, trimming and cutting trees, not only to help prevent outages, but to make it safer and faster to restore outages when they do occur. When Four County is trimming in your area, you'll be alerted by an automated call, and you'll be contacted before we do any work at your home or business. We're working hard to keep the lights on and our members satisfied. Visit our website, email us at tree at fourcounty.org, or call 1-800-431-1544 for more information. All right, we're back, and as you can see, those fellas had an interesting time uh, in their two weeks in Louisiana. Yeah. Uh, but we want to make sure and talk about we sent uh, 13 guys to right. the Florida Panhandle. Yeah, Scumbia River Electric uh, Cooperative on the Florida-Alabama line. You know, they were impacted by Hurricane Sally. Uh, 13 guys, they did a great job, and they, they came back home yesterday. We're glad to have them back. Uh, there'll likely be other trips for these guys to go on. Remember, they leave their families behind, a lot behind, to go serve other people. I'm, I'm proud of these guys, proud of all the employees, and the fact that they drop everything at home, which is hard to do. If, if, you've, if you've never done that, it's hard to drop everything you have going on at home to go help other people. So commend them, thank them for that service. And especially for the time period yes. that, that they're gone, you know, a week, two and weeks. And the elements, you know. That's right. You talked about the tent city earlier, uh, sleeping next to a bunch of snoring men. <laughs> so it, it's not comfortable as your bed at home. No, and then, you know, the guys in Sally actually had it a little uh, different than the guys at Laura because Sally, there was still a lot of rain, mm -hmm. a lot of muddy conditions. They were working, you know, in almost in constant rain, it looked like. So uh, it's tough, and you're away from home. Maybe you're not sleeping well. It makes it easier for you to get tired and make mistakes. So you have to be extra careful yes. when you're out on these things. And, uh, and, you know, we're always worried when they're gone. They're like family to us. Yeah. 
and I can only imagine what their families go through because it's 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 tough. It's a dangerous, dangerous job. So, John, when our guys came back home yesterday, what what level was a Scumbia River in restor- restoring all their members? Do you know? They had actually gotten power back to everybody that could take power on Monday, and I think they had uh, they've got almost eleven thousand meters, uh, and so they had all of those restored that could take power late Monday, and the guys came back. What about Beauregard over in Louisiana? Uh, Beauregard was at about 85% as of yesterday. I did not get a chance to look this morning. but So they had had really gotten pounded. All of their 40,000 meters were out, and that was about half of all of the co-op meters that were out in Louisiana. And, of course, uh, Tropical Storm Beta just dropped a ton of rain in that area. Yeah. Uh, and so there's a chance that we may go back because they're still, you know, got 20% of their meters out. Yeah, it's just it's just a lesson learned because one day it'll be our day again, right? That's um, right. We, we like sending guys off to help, but, you know, there'll be a day when we need help. Just want to remind everybody, too, I think I heard where somebody helping with cleanup in Baldwin, Alabama, was killed during cleanup. So not just the linemen are at risk. People out on the roads trying to clean debris up, just be careful. If, if you're ever helping trying to restore after a storm. Yeah, that's a really good point. I mean, you cannot be too careful, and, and we get really relaxed because, you know, you, you, you're everybody has faith in themselves to be able to run a chainsaw and do all those things, but there's just sometimes, you, you know, you get tired. It's The conditions are always less than ideal. You have to be careful. You have to take your safety precautions, uh, and you have to be aware of your surroundings because one of the big issues with our guys working is you see a lot of pictures, a lot of video of guys on the side of the road. Because that's where the poles are. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you are driving through and you see utility workers working, please slow down. Please, yeah. you know, take some time to think about what's going on. I know it. it you don't want to slow down, and it, it, it's a pain in the rear end sometimes when you got to work around people. Those guys are out there doing their job, yeah. and it's dangerous, and they don't need you. We, we've had people. I think last year somebody was yeah, killed Florida. Uh, in Florida. That's right. Yeah, multiple guys on the side of the road were hit by a car. That's right. Yeah, very so, sad. Yeah, so just please, you know, we can all do our part to make sure that we keep the guys safe too. Um, well, let's talk about one more thing today, and that is our electric vehicle. Yeah, John, I like the car you got. Thank you. Let's the talk sh- about it a little bit. It's Well, I didn't get it. We got it. It's the latest addition to our fleet. It's a 2020 Chevy Bolt. You can see some pictures of it here. Uh, it is a great little car. It is. Um, it's funny because we were, I think, like a lot of electric distributors, oddly, uh, a little tentative to get into the electric car world. It was just wasn't on our radar. Yeah, I was. I, I'm kind of a gearhead. I like working on old stuff. Probably shouldn't because it can be expensive. But, you know, I, I was reluctant to get behind an electric car and drive one. I, I drove one, not this one. I, I drove somebody else's uh, Tesla, and I was shocked at the instant torque and how fast they'll go. You know, a, a gas engine really needs to get up 2,000, 2,500 RPMs to really get that power, while electric cars instant. So just a little bit of caution. Anybody gets an electric car and has not driven one, be careful because it will pin you back. It's a lot of fun. Now, we have put a GPS in, a, a, in, in ours so that we can make sure we're, when I have it out on the road, yeah. I'm not. <laughs> yeah, we have to be careful in the four. I'm not car. putting my foot in it too much, but it is. It's 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 a it's a neat car. It it looks small, but it really drives big. There's yeah. a lot of technology in there that uh, that sort of makes it really fun to drive. It's got about a 260 mile range. Yes. Uh, which for this car, I think it's really built for commuting. For our purposes, it's perfect. You do day trips. Uh, and the neat thing about it is, unlike conventional gas cars, 
uh, vehicles. When you are in town and stopping and starting, you're actually getting better mileage because you get regeneration. The, yes. the motor actually spins backwards. Yep. I don't know exactly how that works. I think the friction on the brakes charges up the batteries, too, when you're stopping. Uh, talk a little bit about the efficiency and what it costs you per mile to run it. Yeah, so we did the math, and with the prices, uh, with the, the kilowatt-hour charges that we charge, about $0.11 cents blended rate for, for residential, it costs you about $0.03 cents a mile fuel cost to run this vehicle, which is very good in comparison to, to conventional gasoline cars. It's about 5 to $0.08 cents for a, uh, a car that might get 20 miles to the gallon at $2 a gallon. Uh, and then, of course, if you get worse mileage or gas goes up, then that price goes up. Uh, ours is pretty stable. Yeah. And so it's uh, and you just plug it in at night. Uh, we've got pictures of the charger. It's you can get two chargers, two types of chargers for your house are typical. One is a 120 volt. One is a 240 volt. We got a 240 volt charger. You can see in the picture here, it'll charge the car from empty to full in about four to six hours. So perfect for overnight. You come, you plug in and. I'm just impressed at how fast technology's caught up, you know, from the cars in the 90s I grew up with to now. And, you know, the studies we've looked at, John, we've had consultants come talk to us and say in the next 10, 15 years, what, about 30% of the cars on the road may be electric by then? Right. Uh, very impressive. I think it, Ford is creating an F-150 that's all electric that looks just like the F-150 that's right. that they're selling today. That'll be out maybe next year. Uh, it, it's fixing to blow up. That's I really right. believe that. I think Chevy's uh, Silverado will be a year behind yes. the, the F-150, and then I think Ram is working with a third party to, to come up with an electric version yeah. of their truck. So, yeah, it is it is going to be the future. Uh, at some point, we're all going to be driving electric cars, or most of us will, or at least in a lot of of uses. Yes. Right? It may not replace everything, but for, but for running around town, for commuting, uh, and the thing is, again, it sounds crazy. It sounds like you wouldn't, you know, uh, you wouldn't trust it for some reason. But it's a, it, it is coming, and and that's why we got the vehicle because we want to be able to bring it to folks and show folks. So if you're interested in seeing the car, uh, getting behind the wheel, give us a call. We can come out and take yeah. a look at it, or we can bring it to you. You got a, a, a civic organization. We can, you know, love to bring it, and show it off. I'll bring it to your coffee club one morning. You yes. know, if y'all want to come out and kick the tires on it and look at the batteries under the the hood, and it's it's an interesting uh, look. We just want folks to get comfortable with it because it is the yeah. future. And so we're learning, and as we learn, we'd be happy to teach you. I think it's good to expose more people to it. Uh, one thing that really impressed me, John, is they said first eight or nine years of ownership, the maintenance cost is so much cheaper than a traditional vehicle that's right on maintenance because you just don't replace parts on it yeah well there's not that many parts on yeah. it to begin with and so you know your tires are conventional and then pretty much everything else after that doesn't look like a conventional yeah. vehicle uh it's all batteries a lot of cabling in there mm -hmm. um and uh, a little bit of of fluid there's coolant for the batteries there's coolant for the ac uh there's uh power steering fluid uh, and that's really about it. Yeah. No oil, no lubrication, no, you know. I know. It's pretty neat. So so reach out to John and his group. Check out the car. Learn more about it because chances are one day you're going to own one. That's right. And we want you to be comfortable when you do. And it might just change your mind earlier than you thought. Yep. So, all right. Well, I guess that's all we've got today. We'll be back, of course, in October with our next edition of Behind the Lines. Great job, John. We appreciate everybody uh, tuning in. And let us know if you've got something that you'd like to hear about on our upcoming broadcast. 
uh, question that you've got, a uh, subject you'd like us to tackle. We're we're doing this for our membership, yes. and so we really want to hear from what y'all think about what yeah. we're doing. Anything we can do to improve, anything you want to hear, pitch it to us. That's right. Good or bad, we're here to kind of talk yes, about sir. everything. So. Yes, sir. Thank you, John. All right. Thank you. Thank you.